Life is like a constant game of mirroring. This is known as the psychology of projection. It states that in our life, we unconsciously take unwanted emotions or traits we don't like about ourselves and attribute them to others. We project our frustrations unto others. We condemn them for things we blindly see in ourselves. Yet we care for others when they display our most fragile features. Our encounters with one another are products of this same game of mirroring. Today's Gospel narratives from John 8 verses 1 to 11 presents a similar scenario where Jesus finds himself in the middle of this game and agrees to play along with the scholars of the law. It is the story of an adulteress thrown in the midst of men who are so full of themselves. The woman becomes a projection of these men that surround her. In her they see all of their unfaithfulness. They project unto her their frustrations, their inability to persevere. This woman's adultery is their own potential adultery, their own inevitable infidelity to God. They vent upon her the rage and hatred they have towards themselves upon seeing that they too are unfaithful observers of the commandments of God. In the adulterous woman, we see the reflections of the chosen race, Israel, the adulterous wife, an unfaithful people. This was the accusation that resounded in the words of the prophets that were proclaimed to these men in the synagogues. What is surprising in this gospel story is how intelligently Jesus handled the situation. He knew from the beginning that these men are not really that concerned with the woman, but want to test him and entrap him. When Jesus was asked what to do with the woman, Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger. And when he was asked again, he just simply said, He who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone at her. In this game of entrapment, the circumstances are turned back to the scribes and the Pharisees. The accusers suddenly become the accused. They seemingly force Jesus into the role of a judge, but it is actually Jesus who tests them. Jesus can see his own destiny in the potential destiny of this woman. Jesus removed himself from that orchestrated role. He stepped aside, allowing the scribes and Pharisees to mirror themselves in the woman's adultery. In her, every man saw their own sin. In her, every man saw the destiny that they deserved and that which they are delivered from. Those who accused her realized that they have become the accused. Jesus is not saying here that sin does not have consequences. He is not denouncing the practice of stoning adulterers itself. In this situation, he sees that the woman's sin is incidental to the political games being played by the Pharisees. When he reverses the condemnation, 
bringing the game back unto the scribes and Pharisees, the woman is left with no one to condemn her. According to the rule set by Jesus himself, he was qualified to stone her, being himself without sin. But he chooses not to condemn her. Jesus is qualified to condemn each one of us, but in his grace he chooses not to. Grace brings responsibilities. Neither do I condemn you. Go your way from now on. Sin no more. Jesus tells the adulterous woman, Mercy is the manner in which God forgives. For Jesus could have said, I forgive you, go. But in this situation, however, Jesus goes further and counsels the woman, Sin no more. Once again, this woman is a reflection of each one of us. We are all adulterers, unfaithful to ourselves, our vocations, unfaithful to life, traitors to our most dear relationships. We often say to each other in the same way, we often spy on each other in the same way, waiting for the other person to fall, to fall into sin. In her freedom, we also see ourselves freed. In her, we can see our own astonishment. We are adulterers, and yet we have not been stoned to death. This woman does not deserve forgiveness, and neither do we. And yet, Jesus has given it to us. The Lord is abounding in love and mercy to those who repent and seek forgiveness. Jesus calls us to the same kind of repentance and to set our desires on living for Him. For our reflection, let us ask ourselves these two questions. At this point in my life, who or what are the mirrors that I see myself reflected in? In mirroring others, do I see myself as a judge or someone who empathizes?